0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you just heard that number where
4: you can call in and be a part of the show today. Welcome to Calvary Live. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And of course, Calvary Live is the program where you, the listener, get to call in and you get to ask questions about the Bible or Christian living or uh, how do we respond to the things that are going on around us. And so we welcome you to do that. So give me a call. My name is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley. I, I usually host on Mondays and Tuesdays. And so glad to be with you as we start a new work week. And we are in the last week of January. And so perhaps you might be thinking, oh, January so long. And and uh, it's gray and cold and dead dog days of winter. But, you know, the Lord is faithful. And, and I'm glad that we've been here to be able to be an encouragement to you, and bless you, and uh, lift you up. And and the Lord is good. I think about Naaman, that Old Testament prophet, uh, that he said, the Lord is good and a stronghold in a day of trouble. And he knows those who trust him. So we can trust him, and we can rest in his love. And so I hope you call me. Let's talk about the things of the Lord today. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. We encourage you to call in early because sometimes uh, as we go through the show, the lines fill up, which is great. And we'll go to the phone lines as soon as the phone starts ringing and we pick it up and we want to answer your questions. And we're also here to pray for you and with you. And so call with your prayer requests as well. So we've got all open lines right now, 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And, of course, there's another way for you to be able to ask a question. Or to give a prayer request, and that is through a dedicated text line, 720 336 0897. 720 336 0897. And as time allows, we will go to the text line and we will take those questions and those prayer requests. So, all open lines right now. Give me a call. I want to welcome all you who are listening live on Grace FM. In Colorado, along the Front Range, two different stations. Love to hear from you guys. Uh, 101.7 in Colorado Springs, Fountain, Pueblo. Uh, give me a call. Love to talk to you. And then also uh, 89.7 from Castle Rock and Parker up north through the metro area along the Front Range. Boulder, Fort Collins, Greeley, all of Weld County up in the southern Wyoming. Laramie and Cheyenne. That's a quarter of the population that it covers in the state of Wyoming, and then also it covers 80% of the population in Colorado. So, so glad that we can be a blessing and a benefit to you. So, I'd love to hear from you guys. You're listening live on this Monday afternoon. Pray that you're doing well. And I also want to welcome those who are listening in on Higher Rock Radio. Well, you're a week delayed in Hope and Truth FM. But Radio by Grace, you're listening live. So i got to get the right radio station network and uh, Radio by Grace uh, over many stations throughout the country. You're listening live, and we're so glad that you're part of uh, Calvary Live. But also Hope and Truth FM, Higher Rock Radio, you're a week delayed. You uh, guys can give us a call at 303-690-3000. It's the call-in number. And uh, we just love to have you guys call in from the East Coast and from Idaho. And uh, we'd love to talk with you and just be aware that you are a week delayed. Uh, But give me a call. Let's talk about the Lord. Let's uh, talk about uh, the things of the Lord. And I'd love to answer your questions and pray with you and encourage you any way that we can. So we're going to go to Jason and Aurora. Jason? Jason Okay All right so um anyhow there it was uh, a call that came in previously so I'm trying to read everything that and there was a question um that can Catholics and Mormons or people in the Amazon who have never heard of Jesus go to heaven and um, you know God is a just God. Sometimes people ask that question, and so we want to be able to um, you know answer without the conversation. So, but Jason had called earlier last week, and we try to sometimes backtrack and answer those questions that are important to people. And uh, one of the things is if somebody's never heard of Jesus, they they will say, "Well, somebody in the Amazon or in the uh, you know in Africa, one of the tribes or." Uh, they've never heard of the gospel or somebody, you know, that uh, grew up where it was another religion and never heard of Jesus. We do know that God is a just God, and he is a just God that knows the heart and intents of uh, everyone. And so we know that Romans chapter 1 also says that because uh, we know that since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhood, so that they are without excuse. So God knows the heart, and he is just, and we can trust him in that, and we can know that he's going to just. He's the only one that can do it absolutely perfectly and righteously. So if the conversation comes up, love to have that conversation. So give me a call. All open lines right now, 303-690-3000. calling number grab one of those open lines this, this is your show this is your show where you the listener get to call in and you get to ask questions or uh you get to ask for prayer or you need to be encouraged or something's been on your heart on your mind whatever the case may be so we got listeners also on online you are uh listening live today and you can call in at that number 303-690-3000 is the call-in number 303 690 is the call-in number. And we also just want to welcome those who are listening uh, in South Africa, Singapore, uh, those who are listening overseas. Uh, we know that you may not be able to call, but you're up and awake, and you're listening to us, and we're so glad to be a part of your lives. Seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven is the text line. And so we're going to go to the text line, and one of the things— is uh, a question that came in, and perhaps this is on our minds. It says that, is, it the, is the possible invasion of Ukraine by Russia an end-time prophecy? And, of course, we're hearing in the news today uh, of a possible invasion. We see that there is 100,000-plus troops that are on the border of Ukraine. It's very much a concern uh, for uh, all of Europe very much a concern obviously for Ukraine. We're pulling diplomats out of uh, Ukraine and it's very much a concern for our administration. and so is war going to happen and there are those who are saying that um, that uh, you know the innovation could happen it could be imminent uh, and so we need to pray for Ukraine. matter of fact, we have a listener right now that is from Ukraine, And so we're going to pray for you and you guys in Ukraine. The Bible does not specifically speak about uh, Russia invading Ukraine, but Russia is in the Scriptures, in the end-time scenario, I believe. And what we see in Ezekiel chapter 38 is that there's going to be this confederation of nations that's going to come from the north and is going to come into the land of Israel. And some of you are very familiar with that. A portion of scripture, but it is a battle that will take place in the latter days, is what Ezekiel writes, and also with Ezekiel uh, prophecy there in Ezekiel thirty-eight is a confederation of nations that are with Russia, Iran. It mentions Persia, Persia, which is always Iran. Uh, mentions uh, uh, such as uh, Turkey, uh, Sudan, perhaps uh, Libya. This large invasion into Israel, and God will defend Israel. So it could be that Russia, uh, flexing her muscles, beginning to expand. Um, we just uh, don't know exactly how it's going to play out with Ukraine, but we do know that Russia has been entrenched in Syria. Seems like in Ezekiel thirty-eight that the battle's going to come from the north, and along with Russian troops, and and uh, Turkey has their troops there. And the day's going to come when we're going to gather together, and as Ezekiel says, that they're going to plot. They will uh, have this thoughts that will arise in your mind, is what the Lord says, and you will make an evil plan, and I will go up against a land of unwalled villages, and I will go to a peaceful people, speaking of Israel, who dwell safely. And, and so we see that happening there in um, ezekiel thirty eight so keep an eye on what 's going on. Jesus also said that in the last days, part of the birth pangs will be that nation will rise up against nation, and there will be wars and rumors of war. Uh, we see that certainly and not only in Eastern Europe but we also see that uh, with um, you know in the Middle East as tensions are rising as well, and upheavals taking place. Um, and then Jesus also said part of the birth pangs is going to be the perplexity of nations with distress. They're going to go through difficulties and problems they don't know how to solve. So that's what the Bible speaks about. Uh, Nations do play a role in the last days. I have a a teaching that I did, a prophecy update on New Year's Eve. You can pull it up on our website, calvarychapelgreeley.org, O-R-G, it was entitled The Nation's Rage," and we talk about Russia. We talk about Ezekiel thirty-eight. We talk about the other nations that are going to play a role in the last days, and so we certainly want to keep an eye on it. So, appreciate that question three hundred three six nine zero three thousand is the call in number. The text line is seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. So, give me a call. Love to talk to you. Let's go to Anastasia in Denver. Anastasia.
2: Hi, Pastor Jeff. How are you?
4: Good. How are you? Thanks for calling.
2: Good. Thank you for taking my call. I just had a quick question. Um, I was thinking Mm -hmm. about Abel and how he was the first person to die. And I thought, or I know that he he didn't go to heaven. He went to Abraham's bosom. But then I started thinking, well, Abraham came after him. So I was wondering, like, um, if...
4: Anastasia, you just cut off.
0: Oh, can you, you hear me?
4: Okay, yeah. So you're wondering because he was before Abraham, and yes. you want to follow up with that.
2: Yeah, um, he came before Abraham, but he was the first person to die, so he went mm-hmm. to Abraham's bosom. And I was just wondering, like maybe it was called something different before, or if it was always, yeah, different. or yeah, that's, you know, a- there was no name at the time.
4: Yeah, that's a good observation because Abraham didn't come till 2000 years later, you know. Yeah. A good timeline of the Old Testament is Adam, the first man, 2000 years later, here comes uh, Abraham, and then Moses about 1500 years uh before Christ, David 1000 years before Christ. So that's a, a easy timeline that we can remember of the Old Testament. So for 2000 years men were dying. And so where were they going? Well, they were, it seems to indicate that they were going to paradise. Paradise is a name. It was later called Abraham's bosom. And we know that, um, you know, some of the Old Testament um, saints were told that they were going to die and be gathered to their people. So Abraham's bosom, I think, is just a name of those of, you know, faith. The Old Testament, they look forward to the cross. Um, and, you know, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And so it was just a name, Abraham's bosom. So they would go to that place just as uh, David would go there, uh, just as the thief on the cross would go there uh, when Jesus said, you'll be with me today in paradise. So, uh, yeah, it was 2,000 years. Um, and then, um you know you had all those who went before abraham so that place of paradise
2: okay yeah i mean i i knew so i guess i was just thinking like what would they what were they calling it or what were they like were they thinking i'm going to paradise or like you said they were just thinking they knew that they'd go to be with their people it, maybe they didn't really have a specific name or
4: yeah yeah and there you know there's a lot of um, it doesn't really that I can think of right now specific um, mentioning of that. Uh, we know that Enoch that he walked with God and he was no more, so he was raptured, he didn't even have a physical death so um, you know they were aware of eternity. Um, we know that uh, they would be gathered to their people, and I, we would have to assume that would be paradise.
2: Okay, awesome. Yeah, thank you so very much.
4: You're welcome and I appreciate you calling. Yeah, love
2: the show. Thank you. Have a beautiful day.
4: Thank you You too. Thank you. Bye. -bye. I I really enjoy it when people are reading their Bibles and they're making these observations and you know, asking good questions. And I remember after the service yesterday that some people asked some questions and they're asking good questions and uh, challenging questions. And it makes me uh, study more. It makes me a better pastor as people are asking questions. And perhaps you got a question that has been on your mind or came up in a Bible study, or perhaps you had a conversation with uh, family or some other brothers and sisters. You guys are talking. I'd love to try to bring some clarity or some understanding as best I can as we go to the scriptures. So give me a call. We got all open lines, 303-690-3000 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897. So text me a question or a prayer request, and as we have time, but really love to talk to you and grab one of those open lines on this Monday. My name is Jeff Figgs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you, and so blessed to be with you and, and hope that uh, we can be an encouragement to you uh, in your walk with the Lord and knowing the Lord. Um, as we go to the throne of grace in time of need. So, anyway, uh, let's go to Linda from Bertha. Hi, Linda.
5: Hi, Pastor Figs. I love listening to you. I listen to you all the time. Um, well, thank you. I just, this whole question, I'm still torn between this. My sister and I go back and forth, and I lost both my parents in Alaska. Three years, and I've always thought, and I'd like to think that you know they're with Jesus. But she's saying no, they're buried. They're buried. They're going to be. They're staying buried until He comes and He raises them up. Um. So I'm hearing different things because some people are saying you no, know, like the Bible says, when Jesus said, "Truly, I say to you, today you will be with Me in paradise." Depending where right. you put the little comma or whatever. <laughs> And other people say that means that as soon as you close your eyes on earth, that's all you remember, next time you open them, you will be with Jesus, but that will be a long time later when he comes, as opposed to what some other people interpret as, as soon as you close your eyes here on earth, you'll be with Jesus. Your soul will be with Jesus. You know what I mean?
4: Yeah, and I think that there's those who hold to the doctrine of soul sleep, and I think where the confusion comes in, and hopefully— Linda, this will help you out. Is that the Bible speaks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 um, that we are ones that um, He who has prepared us for this very thing. And He goes on to say in verse 8 that we are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So that is a definite promise that is given to us. Paul says, that when we breathe our last and we close our eyes, then immediately our spirit goes to be with the Lord. Um, he doesn't say your soul sleep for 2,000 years. Uh, the other thing that Paul said was in Philippians chapter 1, uh, remember that he would say that I'm between two you know opinions here. He didn't know whether he was going to be put to death or not. Uh, he's in prison. He's writing. From Rome, he doesn't know if Caesar Nero is going to execute him, and he says that um, that for me to to go home uh, to be with the Lord is is um, better for me. He said, "I'm between these two things: whether I should go home and be with the Lord, because for me to live as Christ and die as gang, uh, but to st- or to stay here, which is far better for you, uh, I'm hard pressed between the two. He was desiring to depart. Paul doesn't say, you know, I'm hard-pressed between soul-sleeping for 2,000 years or, you know, uh, staying here, which is with you. When Jesus said to the thief on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise, we're just kind of having this conversation with Anastasia. In, In the Old Testament, they were looking forward to the cross, and they would go to Abraham's bosom. We know that Jesus descended before he ascended. And the Old Testament sacrifices, they only covered sin until Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, came and died for our sins once and for all. So they would go to that place of paradise. Now that we look back to the cross, that Jesus, before he ascended, he first descended, he proclaimed liberty to the captives, then all that compartment that those in Abraham's bosom are in heaven right now. Okay? So Paul comes along now in the New Testament truth given to us to be absent from the bodies, to be present from the Lord. Now, this is where people get confused. They confuse that with the resurrection. The resurrection is not only speaking of eternal life, but listen, it's speaking of eternal life in a new heavenly body. We are going to get new heavenly bodies. So we you know, we have a loved one that dies, and by the way, I'm sorry for the loss of, of your parents, and I know it, you a know, loss is hard, um, but as we have a funeral, perhaps they're we b- bury them in a cemetery or they're cremated, um, we know that they are put into the ground, and as they're put into the ground, one of the things I do is I read about the resurrection. The promise is that the day is going to come, in a moment, in a twinkle of an eye, that um, you know the that which is uh, mortal is going to be immortal, uh, raised incorruptible, that those who are dead in Christ will raise first, and then there is that time at the rapture of the church when we who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air but but here 's the thing the the resurrection is speaking of new heavenly bodies that our bodies are going to be resurrected and and we get new heavenly bodies. So, when we die, we go home to to be with the Lord, but our bodies are in the ground until the body sleeps, but not the soul and that's where people get confused. The spirit we go on and live, we go on and live we're with jesus we're we're not soul sleeping, but our bodies sleep until the rapture of the church uh when the sound of the trumpet comes, and then we're going to get new heavenly bodies. Now, the question comes sometimes by people. Um, you know, are we going to get a temporary body up there? Uh, what's going to happen till that time? I don't know. All I know is I'm going to be with Jesus, and I'm not soul-sleeping for 2,000 years. The body sleeps, but not the soul.
5: And that's what I thought, and that's what we go back and forth on. And she's such a good talker. She's a Jehovah's Witness. And, <laughs> oh, okay. uh, you know, and that's what we go back and forth on. That's how I, I believe. She also believes that heaven— is separate from paradise that in heaven, only the 144,000 yeah. are going to be up there with uh, Jesus. And we're just going to be on the new and better earth down here or below heaven, yeah. which is the new paradise.
4: Yeah. And that's and what... the thing, yeah. And that's a false doctrine of the Jehovah witnesses uh, that's been around. And the thing is, is that there's different verses that you can show her, you know, about heaven and going home and being with the Lord and, um, you know, you can show them those verses, but just continue to pray for her that the Lord will open up her eyes to the truth of God's Word. There's not 144,000, and the only time when you see that number is in the book of Revelation, and speaking of the 144,000, that are 12,000 from the each of the 12 tribes of Israel that are going to be sealed by God that are going to be here on the earth, and they're going to be uh, used of the Lord to evangelize. But uh, there's nowhere in the Scripture that says only 144,000 are going to be uh, taken up into heaven. It's it's false, false information, false interpretation.
5: Okay, because that's where I was confused, because she's saying we'll be in paradise, which is actually the new earth. It's going to be better, and heaven is above, which is ruling us down here yeah. with Jesus and, you know, the 144,000, they'll be up there.
4: Yeah, so that's, so that's I was why—
6: confused.
4: And one of the things a good reference for you Linda is Ron Rhodes writes these books. He's a great theologian, great apologist, and he writes books that how to witness to a Jehovah witness, how to witness and answer, you know, uh Mormons, how to witness and answer Catholics. And it's a great read and he he answers those questions for you to be able to show in scripture your sister. So I would encourage you Ron Rhodes R-H-O-D-E-S. Look at his website. Uh, If you have a Christian bookstore nearby, we have it in our bookstore here at church, and it's just a good resource for you to read. And um, The Kingdom of the Cults, of course, is another one uh, by the late uh, Dr. Walter Martin. Uh, It's been updated. You can read that as well. But they have answers for you to be able to, to show them from Scripture where their error is. Okay, I wrote these down. It's called so reasoning, much. reasoning from the scriptures with the Jehovah Witnesses, and it again it is Ron Rhodes. Okay. Oh. And, I
6: wrote and I think, these
4: down. Yeah. And well, and Linda, if you have a hard time finding it, you email me. Okay, get on our website. My email's there, and I'll send it to you. Okay.
5: I appreciate it because I do listen to you. I listen to you in the mornings, and Good. so I enjoy yeah. it. I listen we'll to you. To... I put it on nine seven. I listen to you. I listen to all the pastors from Calvary Pastor <laughs> Hibbs, uh, right. Pastor Good. Pittman, uh, of course, Ta- Taylor. You, I also enjoy Under the Fig Tree. I love it. So Good. thank you. I'm glad I appreciate it. You're a blessing. Okay. Thank you, and bless you and your thank family.
4: You. Let me know if we can help, okay?
5: All right,
4: thank you. You have a good evening. You too. Bye, bye, Linda. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the call in number. The text line is seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Ron Rhodes has, um, you know, reasoning with the scriptures, Jehovah Witnesses, Mormons, um, even Catholics, how they answer those questions, and so um, good resource. And we have them in our bookstores. If you go to probably one of the Calvaries, I'm sure Calvary Church in Aurora has them, but look it out. he's got a website easy to read, very good information, um, and so um, we you know it, it's good to get equipped and and we're so grateful for uh, guys like him, Norm Geisler, you know, I've been reading some of his books. Just help us and and they're very much a good resource um, that we have. so be sure to look it up and it'll help you and answer those questions for you. Um, let's see. We got an open line. Um, let's go to Sherry in Cascade. Good
7: Sherry? Good evening. How are you?
4: Good. You're in Cascade. Now, that's up up the pass, isn't it, towards Woodland Park?
7: Yeah, I'm about uh, eight miles from Woodland Park. So, yes, we got <laughs> snow up here.
4: <laughs> Do you really? Um, <laughs>
7: yes, yes.
4: It's old stomping grounds for me.
7: Oh yeah beautiful area That's country
4: beautiful. So <laughs> hey Sherry um, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer your question but we're getting okay. close to the break so if you hear the music and I kind of cut you off is because we have a break but you stay on and uh, and then the breaks only 90 seconds and we'll come back okay but I'm gonna let you okay. go ahead and ask your question and then we'll go to break and then we'll come back and finish the conversation.
7: So my question was, you were talking about paradise, and so I was curious um, how the Gentiles in the Old Testament got to paradise, because um, I think you said it's his people that go there, and so you could assume that it's only Jewish people. And then I was just curious, uh, were Adam and Eve Jewish, or do we even know, um, you know, because it kind of comes later that we know the birth of the Jewish people, so just kind of curious um, with yeah. that whole background.
4: Yeah, and I think you're asking a good question, because Paul also, he begins to kind of wrap up, you know, how the Gentiles in the New Testament got saved, and he goes back and he does talk about faith, and so we'll look at that when we come back. You stay on, and we'll be right back, 303-690-3000, got an open line, so grab one of those open lines.
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
4: Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. So glad that you've joined us today uh, for the program. Uh, We have full lines, but when somebody hangs up, uh, you can grab one of those open lines, and we're going to continue with the phone lines 303-690-3000, and the text line is 720-336-0897. We want to welcome everyone who's listening today. Also, I would encourage you to take those two numbers, the call-in number and the text line, and put it in your contacts, and you can pull it up, and you can get a hold of us at any time on Calvary Live. uh, That is Monday through Friday at the same time. And so we're so grateful that people are listening from all over the country welcome. Give me a call. Grab one of those open lines. We're going to continue, though, first of all, with Sherry and Cascade. And she was asking a question. Sherry, you're still with us? Correct. I think you're asking a very important question, uh, that, you know, how did, um, in the Old Testament, really, how did they get saved? And, um, you know, were Adam and Eve, were they uh, Jewish? And, and the thing is, is that Abraham was the father of a nation. That was 2,000 years after Adam and Eve. We go to Genesis chapter 12, and we see that God called Abraham, that he's going to be the father of a great nation. But here's the real key, that we also know in Genesis chapter 22 that Abraham was told that he was going to, uh, through him uh, and through his seed, all the nations were going to be blessed. When you go to the New Testament, when you go to the, particularly the book of Galatians and you go to the book of Romans, Paul, he he's telling the, the believers that, listen, that you are saved by faith alone, right? We understand that on this side of the cross, that it is faith and trust in Jesus Christ, what he did for us on the cross and rising from the grave. And he knew that there would be the Jewish readers that would say, wait a minute here. What do you mean? Is it just faith alone? What about the Old Testament? So Paul, what he does is he goes back to the Old Testament. He uses two well-known individuals, Abraham. And he said, listen, it wasn't by the law or by works that saved Abraham. So both Romans and Galatians makes the case, and this is really important for us in as believers today, because some people struggle with this, is that the law doesn't save you, the law doesn't do that. You're not saved by the law, you're saved by faith, you're not saved by circumcision. Galatians uh, would emphasize because Abraham believed God, Genesis chapter 15, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. He believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Matter of fact, we know that Paul would also make the case that David believed, and he was saved by faith. And it was Genesis chapter 17 that Abraham was circumcised. So he goes on to say that the true descendants of Abraham are those of faith. You know, there's the physical descendants of Abraham. Um, They thought they automatically were saved. Remember the religious leaders come out to the uh, Jordan there were uh, John the Baptist was baptizing, and uh, it was John the Baptist that said, uh, you think that you're saved because you're physical descendants of Abraham. God could raise up you know, descendants from these very stones, get that thought out of your mind. And so their hearts weren't right. So it wasn't the law that saved them or just being physical descendants. Of course, they went through much of their history where they were disobedient and judgment would come to them. So you were saved in the Old Testament, by faith, faith in God, and and they were to be a light to the other nations. Isaiah speaks a lot about that, that they were to be a light to the other nations. When they saw how um, that God had blessed them, that was the true God, such as Rahab. Remember in the book of Joshua that Rahab, that she believed, and she is mentioned in a genealogy of Jesus, so Rahab was one, and in uh, she is mentioned in I believe Hebrews chapter eleven uh, in that hall of faith. Also uh, was Ruth. Ruth is mentioned in a genealogy, and Ruth was one that she was a Moabitess, and she was saved because she had faith in God. So they are mentioned. So it's the same in the Old Testament as it was in in the New Testament. Um, that they believed God, and it was accounted to them for righteousness and that 's the argument that Paul makes to those who are saying, "Well, no, you had to be under the law and Paul says, "Listen, you had the benefits, you had the covenants, you had the law, you had the um, you know the the feast, you had all those things that spoke of Jesus pointed to Jesus, but it was accounted to them for righteousness as they had faith in God, just as it was in Rahab. And uh, Rahab said, "I know that your God is is true because He drowned the Egyptians." And it's interesting that they had heard of how the Egyptians were drowned and and how God dealt with them and put the plagues on them. Rahab believed; the others refused to believe. And even in First Samuel chapter four, when they captured the Ark of the Covenant, the Philistines, and so uh, or they they defeated the children of Israel. The children of Israel went and got the Ark of the Covenant. They said, let's go get it, and it will defeat the Philistines. They weren't right with God at that time. Uh, They had reduced God to a box, and they said, let's go get it, and it will deliver us. The Philistines heard the cry of the children of Israel and said, oh, no, they brought God into their camp. And they, and they were thinking differently. Their gods have come, and they're the ones that drowned the Egyptians and, and defeated the Egyptians 400 years ago. Yet they refused to turn to the testimony that God was the true God. And it was Moses that was told that you go tell Pharaoh that let my people go, and I'm going to deal with Pharaoh that the nations may know that I am truly the Lord. And you see that also in Ezekiel. You see that phraseology, that they may know that I am the Lord. So they were to be a testimony of the light of uh, the truth of God, but they had turned inwardly is what had happened. So it's by faith, and that's what Paul makes that very important distinction there. It wasn't the law that saved them, and uh, it was faith accounted to righteousness. Does that make sense? Kind of answered yeah, your question.
7: It, it does, yeah. No, that's perfect because in the New Testament, you know, we're told this was the new um, uh, gent- Gentile that was, um, uh, you know, uh, was one of the that received Christ after. Um, so it wasn't. It didn't say that in the Old Testament. So, but that makes yeah, that makes perfect sense. And so, do you think Adam and Eve were Jewish then?
4: Well, not Jewish, and they were descendants of Abraham. The physical descendants of Abraham were Jewish. So Adam and Eve were two thousand years before that. Okay. Okay?
7: Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Thank you so much. So good. Excellent. Thank you. Excellent. For, thank, okay.
4: thank you for calling. I appreciate it. Okay. God bless you, Sherry. Good questions. We got an open line. 303 690 3000 the call in number. Text line seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Sometimes people they think I've got to do something. I've got to be circumcised. I've got to be baptized. I gotta worship on a certain day. It is by faith alone in Jesus Christ that we are saved. He paid it all. One of the things that we went over on Sunday in, you know, we're finishing Matthew, looking at the the crucifixion of Jesus. He cried out from the cross, It is finished. It is finished. He paid the price. You know, he paid it all. He did it all. And now we come in faith. And as you go through Romans, particularly, you know, it if you go through Romans chapter 5, how many times the Paul says that salvation is a free gift? It's a free gift, free gift, free gift, free gift. can't earn salvation. It's by faith alone in Jesus Christ. And then as we are born again by the Spirit of God, we get to live for him and living in grace doesn't mean we go out and sin. It means that we're free to live for him. Should we continue in sin that grace abounds? Paul writes, no, certainly not. So those are very important truths that we need to be established in. Uh, let's see if Robert is still on line three. Robert?
3: Yes. Hi, Pastor. How you doing? Hey,
4: I'm good. How are you?
3: Pretty good. Um, I got a question that's been bothering me. Um, me and my wife, was married prior to us getting married we've been married about 13 or 14 years and i know that jesus said unless for fornication or the death of your husband or wife you can remarry we are we living in unrepentant sin of adultery if we are married though we've been married before you know it's always bothered me
4: Well, you know, what the Bible says is Jesus came along. They asked him about in Matthew chapter 19. And I'm just going to tell you what the scripture says that as they asked him, is it lawful to divorce your spouse? And Jesus, he would give the definition of marriage. He said it's between a man and a woman. And uh, he said they shall become one flesh. And then he said what God has put together, let no man put asunder So we do know that it's God's intention as a husband and wife come together. We see the first marriage back in Genesis chapter 2. People oftentimes ask, what is the definition of marriage? Well, go back to Genesis chapter 2, that a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. But he said, therefore, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. So it's God's intention to husband and wife to, um, to remain that way. Um, for the rest of their lives, he goes on to say, as they were pressing him, saying, "Then why did Moses um give a certificate of divorce uh, to put the wife away? You know, and that was usually the case back two thousand years ago." And he said, "Because the hardness of hearts, but from the beginning it wasn't that way. And whoever divorces a wife, except for sexual immorality, and marries another, commits adultery. And whoever marries her." who is divorced, commits adultery. So here he says, if you divorce your spouse and marry another, you committed adultery, um, except for in the case of infidelity. Also, the other biblical guideline given to us is by Paul in First Corinthians chapter 7, that they were asking questions, if you're married to an unbeliever, do we stay with our spouse? Paul says, you keep your marriage vows, you stay with them. But if that unbelieving spouse departs, let him depau- depart. You're not under, not under bondage, but you're given the peace. So that's the other instance where we see divorce is given. Here's the thing to, to think of uh, and remember, Robert, that it is God's intention for you to be married with your spouse when you get married for the rest of your life. When you divorce and marry another, that he says she commits, you commit know, uh, adultery, um, but he's not saying you're living in adultery. Saying it's sin, you've fallen short of what God wanted, and it's not an unforgivable sin. So, I think there's a balance in this. It really shows the the seriousness of the wedding vows that you know, that covenant, that one flesh that we're not to take it lightly. We're not to because Hollywood comes along and society and culture comes along and takes it very lightly. If you don't want to be married, just get divorced and get remarried or whatever. it, nowadays, a lot of people just live together, but it it tells us that the seriousness of that that covenant of marriage, which is a holy covenant, God calls, and and that if we divorce other than biblical reasons of infidelity or the other unbeliever departs, um, then you married another, then you committed you know adultery but it doesn't say that you live in adultery and that's what really has bothered people because they think well i got remarried we've been married for years am i living in adultery no so what am i supposed to do am i supposed to divorce my spouse now that i'm married to um no that's not the answer so it's not an unforgivable sin and and i believe that you can move forward in the lord's grace and in his love and in his forgiveness in in couples that are remarried
3: Does that i help appreciate out? that you know yes there was this one part where you know when you were, when you ask the lord to be your lord and savior and he says you come with your pen of your sins and you turn away from your sins and you know we got in like you said when a man loo- loses his wife or a wife loses his, her husband it causes the other one to commit adultery well i was abandoned the marriage was abandoned by the other spouse and I got remarried 15 years later. And we're both Christians. You know, I just wanted to make yeah. sure we weren't living in an unrepentant sin.
4: No, you you move forward in the Lord. You know, Robert, you move forward in the Lord. And there are many people, a lot of people that are even in my own fellowship, they've been remarried. And there's different circumstances. Sometimes they got married in their first marriage, they weren't a Christian. Or they were young, or you know they they did get divorced because of biblical reasons, but the thing is is where you're at now, moving forward in in the Lord, if you got remarried, but sometimes people have just this undue burden and guilt and shame of I got remarried am I living in adultery it doesn't say you're living in adultery, and that is not an unforgivable sin, so I think that we we need to be careful. Um, when we're ministering to others and giving them what the Word of God has to say. and But yet, we want to be serious about the marriage covenant that God has made and what He has to say about it. It is binding, and it is a holy covenant, but it doesn't mean that there's not forgiveness. So, uh, you know, you move forward. Uh, you and your spouse are, are married. You're, you're Christians, and God can bless that because He's a God of grace, isn't He? And he's a God. Of I've, seen, I've
3: seen him do so many blessings in our house and protection and everything. And yes, we're, yeah. we're both Christians. We both love the Lord. And uh, and, and you're right. Mar- marriage is one man, one woman for life because you're standing in front of God and you're and you're saying your vows.
6: Right. You're making a promise and,
3: to God and to your other your spouse. And yeah. When you make a promise to God, you're supposed to keep it. And like you said, young, being young. Uh, Not being walking with the Lord at that time or anything could cause a marriage to be destroyed, infidelity. But I just want to thank you, Pastor. You know, that's the only part of my life that's bothered me. And, you know, and I thank you for uh, answering the question for me.
4: You bet, Robert. Put it under the blood of Jesus and move on. You know, move on in the Lord, both of you. Okay. All right. God bless you. 303-690-3000 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. The text line is 720-336-0897. Got plenty of time in the show. We got one more caller, so grab one of those. We got a couple open lines, two open lines, but let's go to Laramie, Wyoming. I one Clint? Clint? Clint, you there?
1: Yeah.
4: Yeah, Clint, you're on Calvary Live. <laughs> Thank you. Go ahead. You got a prayer request?
1: Uh, yes, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I just had a, a prayer request where my family um, are surviving. My mom had passed a year or so back. Uh, immediately, a forest fire hit our area and sparked a uh, uh, way of making money, our employment. And tools and so on. And we're trying to save a uh, family house it's under uh, facing foreclosure on February second. And mm-hmm. we do have an attorney that's working on the situation. Uh, I haven't had any money to even pay the attorney, but by the grace of God, he's, he's trying to do his best to stop the foreclosure. And we need really a lot of prayer for that. Okay.
4: Son, hey, uh, hey, Clint, um, are you listening on the radio, or are, you listen, or are you talking on the phone? I'm getting a little feedback.
1: Um, I am on the, ra- on the, there. Left- on the-, the now, radio. There. Now, that's
4: good. Um, okay, yeah, if you can turn your radio down, then I can hear it just a little bit better. But I appreciate you calling, and I want to get what your prayer requests are. What I got is um, just um, eviction problems and then um, to save the property, and things are hard right now. Go on. I, I want to make sure that, that we pray for you and, and that we're hearing you.
1: Yes, it's been—we're also on February 2nd facing a eviction on the place the the other house we got. The cabin is way up high in the mountains, and we're not able to live up there and work. But we don't want to lose the cabin. It's the family home and we haven't had really much work to, to pay any bills with. My work truck is broke, broke down. Um, it broke down the minute we signed the lease on our rental, so we haven't been able to make money. Uh, it's just been a real struggle and between the eviction and foreclosure, and I was really sick the past two or three days. Um, not sure if it's COVID, but, my son and I
4: both have been really sick from that. At least. Yeah, so sorry. Okay. You know, it sounds like you've been through a lot. And that fire the summer before last up there in the snowies, man, that just uh, burnt so many homes and, and up there. I spend a lot of time up there. Um, well, not a lot of time, but I love going up there. I love fishing up there. And I've seen uh, that forest burn and, and uh, some of the homes. It's been hard here in Colorado. Um, so difficult, and so many people have lost homes. And so, um, you know, just uh, with the fires up there in the mountains, we enjoy our mountains. We enjoy our cabins and things like that. They're a blessing of the Lord. But we're going to pray for you and that you get healthy. And Lord, I pray for Clan. I thank you for him calling from Laramie. And as um, they got eviction notice, and uh, as they are dealing with um, these things coming up very quickly, that Lord, that somehow you would work. And Um, they they don't want to lose a a family cabin. They don't want to have this before them. So, Lord, that it would come to be resolved. And uh, I just pray that you would uh, also help them to be healthy. They've been dealing with a lot of things. Things are hard right now. And I pray for Clint that you would just help him uh, during this time, that you would uh, encourage him. And, Lord, uh, that you would just provide for him and in every way. And it's so hard when we go through the trials and what faces us, our health, finances, um, everything else going on, and all the things that that come with it. So I just pray you give him a peace, that you give him provision, that you give them health, that, Lord, that you would work in this situation. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.
1: Thank you so much, Pastor. I I agree with you.
4: Yeah. Give Amen. Prayer. Absolutely. Hey, Clint, we'll be praying, okay?
1: Thank you, and I, I will have a praise report for you, too. <laughs>
4: okay. Please do follow up with us. We'd love to hear it. Okay. 303-690-3000, number to text line 720-336-0897. You know, up there in in, uh, in Snowies as well as um, up, you know... Um, the chambers fire, the uh, fires that we just saw, even last month, going through uh, the suburbs of Denver. Uh, so many people have lost homes. Uh, we're so sorry for your loss, and we're praying for you. And and just um, you know, when the fire burns, it, it burns everything. And and uh, it's more than just uh, a house. It's more than just wood or stone. It's it's a home. And the things that are there, and so we're thinking of you and praying for you, and for you guys down in Boulder County that just are going through it, and um, have a thousand over a thousand homes burnt, and uh, so many over the last few years up in um, Colorado and Wyoming. Uh, it, it is very difficult days, and and it breaks my heart to hear those things. So we're praying for you. Hey, let's go to Eileen in Mobile, Alabama. Eileen
6: how are you? We had the question came up about predestination, and we were wondering, was Judas Iscariot predestined for the fate that he endured, the betrayal, and um, all the things that followed? Yeah,
4: so that's a good question. So let me ask you, what do you think? (laughs) <laughs> that wasn't very fair, was it? It
6: would seem that way. and sometimes you would think no, it wasn't predestined. Yes, God knew that this would happen and uh, and so I, you know in eons of time, but I personally didn't, don't think that, but I don't know. the, the eleven were predestined to be Jesus' followers. Right, uh, they yeah. belong to the father before he, they he, the father committed them to Jesus. So, yeah, so what does yeah, Jesus it fall into
4: it? Well, in it, it is, and it was, you know, Jesus when he was in the garden in John chapter seventeen, um, that he would say, "Let me see if I can find it here." Um, that he is praying for his disciples, and uh, as he's praying for them, he says, "While I was with them in the world." I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition that the Scriptures might be fulfilled. So he's speaking of Judas Iscariot. We know that in other places that Jesus uh, would say that the Scriptures might be f- fulfilled knowing that he was going to betray Jesus. But he, but here's the interesting thing. So we get into, you know, was he predestined? Um uh, the Romans talks about vessels of honor and dishonor, all these things. He, God has foreknowledge. He knows the end from the beginning, Isaiah says, so he knows what's going to happen. And so did Judas he predestined to do that? I think that, that, yes, from the Scriptures may be fulfilled, um, just as it was with Pharaoh, just as it was with others in the Scriptures. God knew what it was that they were going to do, but here's the thing I think Jesus hand of love was reached out to Judas and and that Judas could have repented uh, Judas could have come to the Lord um, you know Jesus um, gives that indication um, to him so yes he was predestined according to the foreknowledge of God that the scriptures might be fulfilled and so you have this whole debate among theologians and Christians, Does God choose? Yes, He does choose. You know, Jesus said to His disciples, and you even said this, um, Eileen, is that 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 Jesus said to them, "You haven't chosen me; I've chosen you." So He chose, you know, the disciples, the apostles, and He chose us before the foundation of the world. But we also know that there is choice to be made, and that He was held responsible for what He did. And Judas was one that betrayed the Lord. He went to the religious leaders for a payoff. We know Matthew's narrative tells us that. And that, you know, Jesus would say, what you must do, do quickly there in the upper room. But, you know, Jesus' hand of love was still reached out, um, and he could have repented. And here's the other thing, too, to think about, uh, Eileen, is that Judas, he really sinned you know the night before Jesus is crucified and so did Peter and the big difference is is Peter repented Judas was remorseful um and he brought back the silver but um it it was predestined you know or it was the you know according to the scriptures according to God's foreknowledge so i guess what i'm saying it's it's a difficult question to answer i don't fully have the full understanding of god knows who, um, he chooses, but then also we have a choice. We see that in the Scripture and how it all works out.
6: Then I did read that Judas said, I have sinned against this innocent right. blood when he brought back the silver. So he did confess that he had sinned. So he,
4: yeah, he, he acknowledges that he had sinned. And in that, I believe that's found in Matthew's uh, Gospel, is that he was remorseful. He wasn't truly repentant. Jesus said of him it'd be better if he'd never been born. So again the debate was did Judas, you know, really repent. I don't believe he did because of the things that Jesus said. And and that he knew things gotten complicated. He knew Jesus was innocent. I betrayed innocent blood, but so did Pilate. Pilate said he's an innocent man. Um he declared that. We know that Pilate's wife said he's an innocent man. So it was declared publicly by them, but they weren't saved. They were remorseful, and then Paul comes along and says that that there is the repentance that leads to salvation, um, not to be regretted. But then there is the sorrow of the world that leads to death. There's a difference between being remorseful and being truly repentive. So uh, you can look at that in, I believe, Second Corinthians. Um, Chapter 7 is where that at. I wish we could talk more, but very good questions, uh, Eileen. Appreciate you calling from Mobile, Alabama. We're out of time, unfortunately, but I will be back tomorrow at the same time on Calvary Live. So everybody have a great evening. God bless you.
0: You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.